Hello everyone and welcome back to the Albion Obsessed podcast number three. It's been a while since we've done one, Toby. Uh, you've been a little bit unwell. Uh, we've done a little live stream uh, in between as well. How are you doing, mate? Are you feeling better? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better now. Um, you might still be able to hear it in my voice, so I do apologise for that. Uh, as with these things, you know, the throat gets caught up for weeks, but um, lucky to say that it wasn't COVID um, after multiple lateral flows and one PCR test. I am definitely clear of the dreaded virus. That's wonderful to hear. That's uh, Yeah, that's the main concern whenever anyone gets ill now. is like, oh shit, is it COVID? Let's do these tests and God knows what. And, you know, we're, we're just lucky we're double jabbed. Um, so, yeah, good to hear you're feeling better, mate. Um, and you were actually able to get to the game on, on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, happy days. Yes. Um, <laughs> guys, we just wanted to mention um, that on Monday, this coming Monday, um, the 27th, we are playing Crystal Palace away from home. And we are doing another live stream. Um, the last one went really well. We had maybe around 10 to 11 viewers throughout the thing. Um, and then one of our reaction videos afterwards got around two and a half thousand views. The club replied to it. It got really good reception. Uh, so if you are interested, if you do want to get involved, come along. It'll be on our Twitch channels. That's uh, Albion Obsessed. Follow us on Twitter as well, Albion Obsessed. Um, and you can find all the information there. We are also doing a little giveaway, aren't we, Toby? We are, we are. It's for uh, one of the Albion shirts of old. I say of old, it's still fairly recent, but, you know, it's one of those <laughs> things. Um, it's on the Albion Obsessed Twitter page. Um, we ask that you follow us and our Twitch page, if you can, uh, to get involved. Uh, it would just really help us out getting the traction that we need from the Brighton fans that we want to interact with. Um, I know a lot of people beg for followers and stuff for their own game, but it, it really is just to try and give as many Brighton fans a voice as possible. Um, and I'm enjoying the fact that during the live stream, I can read out people's tweets, even if they don't even know they're on the live stream. I'll read out people's tweets from the BHAFC hashtag, and I'll let them know uh, the thoughts on the game from different people and from different sources. So yeah, get involved. We'd really love to have you there. Yeah, spot on, spot on, Toby. And uh, yeah, we're really excited. As Toby said, we want like every Albion fan to have a voice. If you've got an opinion, um, no matter what it is, uh, as long as it's not you know overly controversial, um, we will get it on the podcast and we will talk about it. So uh, yeah, get involved. Um, come and hang out with us on Twitch uh, next Monday. Um, and yeah, it'll be really fun. Um, Toby, we've got a few things to talk about, mate. We do, we do. A lot yeah. has happened since we last spoke. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Should we, should we start with so, uh, player I'll, ratings? I think I'll just start with saying 12 points from a possible 15. Did you expect that? Well, I don't think you did, but like, yeah, if someone told you that at the start of the season, what would you have said to them? I'd... I'd have thought you're joking. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's dreamland. You don't expect that as an Albion fan, uh, especially not an Albion fan in the top league in the country, in the world, <laughs> and yeah. you're sitting there in in the top four places, and all of a sudden people are looking at you saying, "Is this the new Leicester?" I don't know. Are we the new Leicester? I can't tell exactly. you exactly. Well, we beat Leicester, so maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Uh, well. 
we we can't get too ahead of ourselves just yet. I don't think. Um, I think if by Christmas we're still, you know, around seventh, uh, sixth or seventh, then yeah, maybe we can talk about that. Um, but yeah, it's it's really exciting stuff. It's amazing to see. You know, people coming at us saying, oh, well, you haven't played anyone decent yet. Yes, we lost to Everton, but we, we didn't really turn up for that game at all. And and we've beaten the FA Cup and Community Shield champions. So, you know, put some respect on our name. We do play really good football. If you watch us, we do play really good football. Um, and we've got a, a team that fight for each other. We've got a manager that has implemented his um, way of playing football extremely well over the last three seasons. Um, so it's it's really, really exciting time to be a Brighton fan, Toby. Um, and yeah, let's let's talk about this Leicester game because it really was a Graham Potter masterclass, in my opinion. Um, and we'll just go through the player ratings as well. Uh, but for me, I just want to start with Graham Potter and just say 10 out of 10. He made the changes when he needed to. He adjusted the formations. Um, he, he tweaked a few things here and there, which really saw us through. Um, obviously, we will talk about the, the, the decisions um, for, for the disallowed Leicester goals as well. But, you know, that aside, I think Graham Potter got it spot on. Yeah, he got absolutely everything spot on. Um, I know we're going to talk about it later, but in particular, um, I saw that a few tweets about uh, Brendan Rodgers moving Harvey Barnes onto Robert Sanchez so that Robert Sanchez couldn't come and collect the corner like he was early on in the game. Graham yeah. Potter, in return, said, no one stand on the post, make sure Harvey Barnes is offside. And look what happened in the end, two less to disallow goals. And I, I think that's all from a Graham Potter masterclass. I think that's absolutely spot on what he's done there, making sure, because I remember my granddad said to me, oh, we've got no one on the front or back post. But, yeah, that's done us wonders. Um, so yeah, I absolutely buzzing with that, mate. Exactly. Um, yeah, um, spot on by Graham Potter. Th- these are the tiny little things that you don't really realise. Um, as you say, your granddad pointed it out. Probably a little bit worried. Oh, what are we going to do if that there needs to be a clearance off the line? Um, but it's it's worked in our favour both times. Um, and uh, yeah, a little bit of controversy about it. Um, but we'll get onto that later. We just want to cover the the player ratings first of all. Um, and Toby, it's going to be a little bit boring from me. Uh, I, I mean, you know, every everyone had a, a fantastic performance. I think you're going to hear the the same number about five five or six times. Uh, but we'll start <laughs> we'll start with Robert Sanchez. Um, really commanding performance from him. Uh, made a few fantastic stops. Um, he's the goalkeeper we've been missing for for so many so many years. Uh, obviously, with with Matty Ryan in goal, not not as commanding, but still a, a great shot stopper. I've got him down as a as an eight out of ten, Toby. I thought you know, he, as I say, really solid. And for for the defenders to have a keeper like that behind them, that that just oozes confidence throughout throughout them as well. Um, so yeah, what did you make of uh, Sanchez's performance? Yeah, 8 out of 10 for me, exactly the same, mate. Um, like I say, the fact that the opposition manager, such a good manager like Brendan Rodgers, has recognised his better defending a corner uh, just shows you how good he is. Um, as you say, commanding, really leads from the back, I think. Shouts at the defenders. You, you know, not easy when you've got Dunk in front of you, someone with 10-plus years of Albion experience. Yeah. To shout at him and tell him what to do, it's not easy, but he, he does it, and he does it well. And I think 
that makes both Dunk and him a better player, or, or both him and Duffy a better player, for example. It, it, yeah. It's unreal to see. It's really good leadership from him. Buzz that he got into the Spain squad and, and played his first minute. It's all, always up for him at the moment. He, he's just doing so well. Um, he's going to be the Albion keeper for the next few years to come, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I'm not sure if uh, any of our listeners sort of play FIFA, um, but last year on FIFA, he didn't even have an ultimate team card. I think he was rated around 60, um, and FIFA have given him a plus 16 uh, rating. He's got a 76 card this year. Um, I, I know, it, you know, in the grand scheme of things, a, a FIFA card, you know, it doesn't really mean much, but you see how much it means to the players, really. You know, all the reaction videos that you see. Um, so I'm sure he'll be buzzing with that. And, you know, as you mentioned, he got into the Spain squad. Uh, he went to a major competition after his first season in the Premier League. It must have just been absolutely unreal for him. Um, and I, I couldn't be happier um, for, for the guy because, you know, he's been on our books for ages, hasn't he? Like, yeah, the last it, 10 years. He's been, he's been, he's been uh, in the under-23 setup, But you just look at how mature he is as well for his age. You forget yeah. that he's still quite a young player and he's sitting there and he he hardly makes a mistake um Mm. he looks so composed on the ball it it looks like graham potter and uh and ben davis has has just put like ridiculous amounts of confidence into him yeah i i just i just love to see it i love to see it It goes from strength to strength And, and like i say i think he could be another 50 million pound player mate i can't lie yeah, I was just about to ask you, where do you think the ceiling is for Robert Sanchez? What level can he, he reach? I, I saw a few people, because I put out a tweet on the Albion Obsessed page um, a few, uh, maybe like last week, um, and asked sort of, where do you see Robert Sanchez in five years? A few people were saying he could be at the likes of Real Madrid or, or a Bayern Munich. Do, do you see that ceiling being that high for him? I, I, I see the Real Madrid move all over. Courtois is... Uh... Not the youngest anymore. I can't imagine he's too far away from the uh, the Galacticos getting rid of him. They chop people really unnecessarily and really harshly. Mm. I, I, I could easily see uh, Robert Sanchez going there. And as a Spanish player, I could see him wanting to, wanting that move as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I absolutely believe that uh, the feeling is the very tip top of international yeah. and Champions League football. Hundred percent, and what a move that would be for the club as well to be selling a player to Real Madrid. Um, you know, if you told me that when we were in League League One, I would, you know, I would have called you absolutely mental. Um, so, um, you know, I I see a, a few of the younger Brighton fans saying they're bored of people saying this, but you look at how far we've come; it's just unbelievable. Um, and you know, when I I look at the the Premier League badges on the side of our shirts. I still have to pinch myself, mate. It's just unreal. Um, so, yeah, to be living this dream uh, and to be having the players we have and the manager that we have is just, yeah, unbelievable. Um, I'm going to move on to my man of the match, Toby. Um, a certain left wing back with massive hair, um, Mark Cucurella. Just unreal. I've got him as a 9.5 rating. I wasn't overly impressed with him against Brentford. I thought he was a little bit lightweight, um, but I thought he did okay for his Premier League debut. But his Premier League home debut, 
Oh my word. The guy was everywhere. I've got a few stats for you, Toby. 100% tackle success rate. 88% pass success. 72 touches. 5 clearances. 4 dribbles. 4 tackles and interceptions. 3 accurate long balls. 2 aerials. 1. Bearing in mind he's not even that big. Um, and one key pass. What did you make of his home debut? Yeah, he was brilliant. Um, looked an Albion player from the off. Uh, hard to say anything really against him. Uh, I the way obviously the the pass accuracy was eighty eight percent. I do feel like he still is falling into the trap of maybe misplacing passes because he doesn't know where his teammates are just yet. He, he is. Yeah. He does just need a little bit more time. I think that. But yeah, really, really good performance from him. Um, not my man of the match, however. Uh, oh, but I, I'm I ha- interested to see who you've picked. I have put him as a 8.5 out of 10. And it's the Ooh. first time I've gone into the uh, 0.5s or the you know, <laughs> first time I've done that because he really was between a 9 and an 8 for me. Um, yeah. But the person that's pipped him to it got, got a 9 for me. And we'll, we'll oh. move on to that when, it, when the player comes up. <laughs> oh, I'm... Yeah, I wait with bated breath. <laughs> um, we'll move on then um, to the the three centre-backs. We'll start with uh, one of our own, Lewis Dunk. Um, I'm just going to cover them all in one go because I've got them as the same rating. Um, I don't feel like... I did this last time as well. People are probably going to think that I'm just skimping out on, on the ratings, but I feel like they all put in the same performance. Um, and I will mention Joel Veltman as well because I feel like I was a little bit harsh on him last game. Um, but I've got them all as an as an eight, Toby. Um, they dealt with Jamie Vardy really well. Um, I didn't even realise he was playing uh, until he scored, to be honest. Um, you know, Leicester's front three can be a real, real handful. Um, and we nullified that brilliantly. Um, we, we limited their chances. We cut passing lanes. Uh, we were closing them down. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, Joel Veltman looks to be back to his best. I felt, um, you know, as I said, I slated him against Everton, slated him against Brentford as well. Felt like he wasn't quite there, but he was playing a slightly different roles. Um, but yeah, great to see him back to maybe his natural position um, and uh, a fantastic performance from him. Uh, Toby, what have you got the, the centre-backs down as? I've got it slightly differently. I've got Duncan Duffy down as a seven and Veltman down as an eight. Um they didn't particularly do anything wrong, which is why they're sort of at the just above average mark. But at the same time, you've got a question. They did score from two corners. And although, yes, they were disallowed, it yeah. didn't look like great defending to me. Um, you think Lewis Dunk, normally a bit of a standout player, didn't really stand out for me today, uh, yesterday, uh, Sunday, sorry. <laughs> didn't, didn't, um, didn't really look himself uh, wasn't really able to open up for passes as much as he usually does um, it's not to say it was a bad performance like I say I still think it was above average but I think that they could have done better the Leicester goal that did count was just played around our team unbelievably and I don't think any defence in the world would be able to deal with that no. um, but yeah I, I, couldn't, I couldn't give Duffy and Dunk any higher rating because they just couldn't there was something about Leicester that gave them a constant threat and a constant yeah. eye for goal. 
And it just felt like Duncan Duffy were just dropping really far back constantly. And I know that's probably the instructions they've been given, mm. but they it just wasn't... You couldn't nullify Leicester attack quick enough, so they constantly looked dangerous, and we were constantly nervous in the North Stand. So, oh, it was yeah, scary. it was scary times. <laughs> yeah, it, for me, Duffy and Dunk just just can't, can't get that eight rating. Whereas Veltman does get that eight rating for me. Um, looked back to himself, as you say, uh, even passing the ball, moving forward a little bit, uh, covered really well for March, who was probably on the wrong side of the wing backs, probably though now that he can't really play there. Um, I don't think he did badly by any means, but March just probably doesn't have the same defensive mindset on that wing. Um, yeah. Therefore, it felt like he was beaten quite a lot, and Veltman covered really well for that, and I think probably stat-padded a little bit because of that. Uh, but that's why he gets my 8 rating, Veltman, because he, he covered really well for March, who was on the wrong wing, I think. Yeah, fair play. I, you know, all the time you was talking about Duffy and Dunk, I was sort of thinking, okay, so why is Veltman pipped pipped them to a, a little bit of a higher rating? And I can absolutely see what you're saying. Um, you know, so, Solly March, I I thought done done really well. Um, it didn't, you know, it didn't look completely out of place. Um, but as you say, maybe maybe that is because of Veltman's covering. I feel like Veltman sort of played the the Adam Webster role. Um, which was really nice to see um, because, you know, I thought we were going to really, really miss Adam Webster and I really hope his, his injury isn't too bad. Um, what are they saying for that? After the next international break, he'll be back, I think. Uh, I haven't actually seen um, the timescale because you know what uh, Brighton are normally like. It's, yeah. It's, uh, oh yeah, it'll be kind of soon and then five years later and you realise you've still got Adam Webster at your club. It's going to be that sort of thing, isn't it? <laughs> With our injuries. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Oh, okay, fair enough. I don't know what they do in that treatment room. They must sort of take a hammer to their knee or something. I don't know. Um, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll move on to to uh, Solly March then, Toby. The the other side of the defence. Um, as you say, uh, you felt like he maybe was a little bit out of place. Yeah, I, I mean, like I say, it's not that he did badly. Um, it's hard to do badly when you've got a team of 10 other people that are doing really well. Yeah. Um, it's just he didn't... If, if you're, Here's how I'd put it. If you're going to put Solly March on the right, you want him as a right winger who's going to take on his man and cut inside and shoot. And that's yeah. the way he was when he was really young playing for the Albion in the friendlies. Mm-hmm. That's how he was back then. But now he's matured a little bit and he he's sort of coming back to that left wing back role. I think it suits him a lot more than this right wing back where he can't actually get as far up to cut in. He has to sort of stay back a little bit. And I don't think he crosses very well with his right foot. Um, I don't think he was able to cut inside enough to cross with his left foot. I remember thinking in the first half, every time that we wanted to get released on the right, Solly March just wasn't there. And I think even with a player like Pascal Gross at right wing back, he would be there. Whether or not he can run as fast as he needs to, doesn't matter, but he would be there, and it felt like Solly March got lost at times. Um, but like I say, it doesn't mean that he wasn't able to do the basics right. And I think if you do the basics right, you get a minimum of a six rating for me anyway. So I'd yeah. probably bump him up to a six point five just because he was part of a team that beat Leicester two one. Um, yeah. But that that's that's where I stand on him. It just didn't feel like he was 
it, it didn't feel like he was all there. And it felt yeah. like if we had Tarek Lamptey on that wing, we'd look well, a much better side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's really exciting to know that he's coming back. Um, but, you know, I, I agree with your views. Um, but to be honest, it shows you how much different uh, an opinion some, something can be um, because of where you're sitting in the ground, maybe. Because I'm like right by the the corner flag and uh, in the southwest corner so I saw him coming coming down the right hand side um pretty much all of the first half um and I thought he'd done really well um to be honest uh, especially in the first half didn't really see much of him in the second half to be honest um but yeah I thought I thought he he looked solid um he looked a threat uh, he had one uh, sort of snapshot that was saved by Schmeichel um I felt I felt like him and Veltman worked really well, as you said, um, and I've got him down as a seven rating, um, so just a little bit higher um, than than what you've got. Uh, but I do feel like that's not not his, you know, strong strongest position, um, and it is a little bit of a shame for him that Cucurella's come in um, because you know, and especially putting in the performance he did against Leicester. Um, I I feel like Solly March probably won't get to play there unless there's an injury to Cucurella. Um, so maybe we we might see Solly March a little bit higher up, but I don't know whether he sort of wants to play that position anymore. Um, so what you know, just talk, touching on Solly March while whilst we're on him, where what do you see his future as? You know, when Lamptey comes back. If I'm honest with you. I don't think I see a future for him at the club anymore. Um wow. which which is a shame. Um I would like to see if he was to stay at Albion, what I would like to see is either he goes on the left hand side in front of Cucurella. Yeah. Or he goes on the right hand side but much further up than playing that right wing back role that he was doing yes on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's my views, but the way I see it is based off of yesterday's game. The fact he was subbed off by Graham Potter as well, mm-hmm. for me, looks as if though he's going to fall down the pecking order. Once Lamptey comes back, there's no room for him in that team, and I think he's going to want to leave, maybe to a Championship side that's going to play him. Um, yeah. Although he is a local person, local boy, he might he might want to stay. But genuinely, I I fear we we may have outgrown him, and I think he may have outgrown us at the same time. I I think he he could go on to do great things. I just don't yeah. think it would be at the Albion at the moment. Not not the way it's yeah. going. Fair enough. Um, you know, you, we say we've got um Cucurella, we've got Lamptey. Um, but you know, w- will he stay for the, for the depth? Uh, side of things I don't know because he's a player that wants to be playing he's a player that thrives on game after game after game I know he's a little bit injury prone as well um, but he you know I'm sure that after his long injury last season that he wants to be playing regularly um, and to be honest as as a Brighton fan that's seen him progress from uh, the under 18s all the way up to playing for us in the Premier League um, I I wouldn't stand in the way of of him leaving um, I wouldn't, you know, judge him for leaving. Uh, I wouldn't say that he's any less loyal um, to the club. Um, I want the best for him. Um, you know, I really respect Solly March. He's been a top, top professional. Um, 
but I would love to see him go on to a club where he can he can be that you know uh, sort of stalwart left wing back and the the creator and the the guy they look to 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 get the team forward and get the team ticking because I feel like he does that have that in his locker. Um, so yeah, um, absolutely it'd be really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting to see what happens with him. To be honest, um, and let's not let's to... not forget. Sorry, one one more thing on yeah, Sunday March. Let's not forget that if he was to move away, he's done so well for us that we could easily get a good fifteen million for him. Um, like, for, yeah. that's the way I see it. Is that if we're not going to play him, cash out on him now. Um, yeah, otherwise, yeah. keep him for depth and then let his value drop. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think anywhere in the region of ten to fifteen million is likely going to be able to what we get for him, basically. Yeah, that's a hundred percent acceptable. Uh, you know, if, if I was Tony Bloom, I, I would say, absolutely say yes to that. Um, you know, in in this market, what is he? He's still like twenty six, twenty seven, maybe. Uh, yeah, twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven. So, yeah, um, for an English player as well, you know, the, the the market's so crazy that if you're English, you get at least five million put on your price tag. Um, so yeah, you know, as you say, cash in on him now. Um, let him move to a club that's you know gonna let him play week in week out, um, and you know let him progress his career because I I feel like he really deserves that. Um, so yeah, um, that's all we've got to say on Sunday March. But uh, we'll move on to the the midfielders, um, and we will stay English, and we'll start with Adam Lalana. Toby, what did you make of his performance? He's my man of the match. Um, Wowzers. Yeah, uh, looked so, so good in midfield in transitioning from defence to attack. A little fact, he had the most tackles out of anyone in the match. Um, Looked to be, you know, not just attacking midfielder Lallana. He's box to box all over the pitch Lallana for me he was on Sunday. As a 33-year-old with that sort of energy, you think, wow, that's incredible. Um, But yeah, it was... uh, for me, he was man of the match performance. Um, just looked to be covering all of the pitch. Probably helps that he was alongside an Eve Basuma that, that did get injured in the first half and so maybe wasn't mm. up to full speed. Um, I know that players are probably going to start targeting that, targeting him now that he thinks he's the best. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> he is the best. Yeah, well, he is the best. <laughs> but yeah, for, for me, probably my man of the match at a nine, 9 out of 10. Um, don't think he put a foot wrong. Perfect. Yeah. Um, are we going to name him Adam Basuma now? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realise that that tackles that. that. That's really impressive, to be fair. Because as you say, Basuma got injured. So you may be hoping for someone else to take over that role. Would you look to Adam Lalana to take over that role? To be honest, I wouldn't. But fair play to him. Um, you know, he's he's been around the block long enough to know what role to play if if one of his teammates is maybe struggling a bit. So um, that's a really impressive stat there. Um, I've got Adam Lalana down as an eight point five rating, Toby. Um, you know, a really really fantastic performance. That's two point five off of a perfect ten. Um, and yeah, uh, I think you've smacked the nail on the head with with Adam Lalana. Um, I love seeing him in an Albion shirt. I think it's just amazing to have a player of that caliber playing for us. Um, you know, a Premier League winner, Champions League winner, England international. It's sort of like the the Vicente levels when we're in a championship of oh my god, I, you know, 
watching this player play for this club is just an absolute privilege. Um, and yeah, I, I really hope he, he stays fit because obviously we know at, at that age that players can tend to get knocks a little bit more. Um, but he, he looks really fresh, Toby. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Sorry you, about you that. <laughs> yeah, I had a little bit of a technical itch there. Um, it's all right. On my end, uh, my mic was muted for there, but no, it's all right. I'm back. Um, yeah, uh, Lalana, um, um sorry, I've lost my train of thought. Where were we at with Lalana? <laughs> uh, I was just, <laughs> that's all right, just saying that Lalana is like the, the Vicente level, like a Premier League winner, Champions League winner, yeah, him playing yeah. for us week in, week out. I just hope he can stay at that level. Yeah, sorry about that. This flu is absolutely still killing me. But, uh, oh, man. but <laughs> uh, yeah, Lalana absolutely Rolls Royce of a midfielder, isn't he? Um, I, you hear that thrown around quite a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, as you say, don't see him replacing Basuma or anything like that, but um, <laughs> seems to just ooze quality. And it, it's something about him, even if he misses a shot. Um, in the first half, he had one where he sort of like faked it on yeah. his right and then instantly got it on his left. If he kept that down, that goes in all day, every day. He sold four Leicester players and the goalkeeper, and he would have just buried that unreal goal. It would have been, uh, yeah, think, for, for me, he's unbeatable. I think the net would have come off its bloody whatever it is hooks uh, if that <laughs> went in. That was that was a powerful shot, and I feel for the Leicester fan that got that in the face. <laughs> I'm not sure if it did get him in the face, but um, it was one hell of a one hell of a rocket. Um, so yeah, gutted that didn't go in. Um, we'll talk about his uh, midfield partner. Then he took a little bit of a knock. Um, he said on his Instagram that he, he's okay and hopefully will will feature against Palace. Eve Basuma, Toby. Um, up until the injury, what did you make of him? Yeah, uh, fun fact: he also had. The most tackles in the match, joint with Adam Lallana. <laughs> um, and he was injured. We'll just put that out there. He was injured. He wasn't at his full potential. And he had the most tackles in the match alongside his midfield partner. Thank you very much. Kevin De Bruyne, <laughs> eat, your, eat your heart out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason he's just been pipped to man of the match by Lallana is the fact that he didn't play the same amount of minutes. Um I thought uh, it was a shame that he got injured because I feel like he could have probably brought us back to life when we were looking lacklustre. Um, probably could have transitioned um, really well with Lana from defence to attack the, uh, where Mwepu couldn't. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, a really solid performance again. I have to go down as, a, as an 8 out of 10 for me. Perfect. Um, I've got him the same as Lalana, uh, 8.5. Um, I'm not going to take any points off of him for the injury um, because I, you know that's, that's not his fault. Um, but up until he came off, even with the injury, I still felt that he was putting in 110%. Um, as you say, he, you know, he played 79 minutes and had the same amount of tackles as Adam Lalana, who played the full 90. Um, so that just goes to tell you what kind of player Eve Basuma is. Um, he's an absolute machine. I'm not even sure if he's human anymore at this point. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he. The moment he comes out of our midfield, 
we're struggling. You know, you look at how much Leicester were pressing us in the last 15 minutes. I know he came off on the 79th minute, but obviously there's five minutes added on at the end as well. Um, Leicester were just you know, running everything through our midfield. We didn't seem to quite get hold of um, what the other players that come on were, were meant to be doing, who they were meant to be marking. Um, but in the end, we dealt with it quite well, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, as soon as he comes off, Leicester are just running everything centrally through there, out to the wings. No one's covering. Basuma's normally all over the place, covers every blade of grass. Um, and uh, yeah, I was glad to see him go off injured. But as I say, it doesn't look too bad. Uh, but got him down as an 8.5 as well, alongside his midfield partner. Um, we'll move on to the front three then, Toby. Uh, we'll start with Leandro uh, Trossard, and then we'll go on to the two goal scorers in a second. Um, he just keeps going from strength to strength, Toby. One assist, uh, a lovely ball in uh, for Adam Lallana. Uh, not Adam Lallana. Danny Welbeck. Um, yeah, perfect. Yeah, look, looked unreal again. Um... Another contender for my man of the match. Uh, in fact, I'm probably going to put him the same rating uh, as Adam Lallana at 9 out of 10. Uh, a few facts for you. He completed the most dribbles in the match uh, and also created the most chances in the match. Created five chances for Albion players. Um, wow. That is crazy amount. The, the guy is a joke. He, he's too mm. good. He's too good at football. Um, needs to be locked up if you're that good at football, to be honest. It, it, it's a joke, <laughs> honestly. This guy is going to be our player of the year this year, and, and you can't tell me otherwise. That is a bold statement, and it's a statement that I am fully getting behind, Toby. I got my away shirt printed before the match, and who did I get on it? I got our red devil, Leandro Trossard. He's putting in performance after performance for his country, um, he's had, I think, two starts in the last international break, um, which is fantastic for him to be playing alongside the likes of, you know, Lukaku, Hazard, etc. Um, not actually sure if Hazard played, but forgive me. Um, so, yeah, it's it's unreal for him. Um, I just hope he keeps at this consistent level. Obviously, won us the game in the last second uh, against Brentford, which was a fantastic strike. The more I watch that goal the more I appreciate it because he was off balance. He's curled it into the bottom corner. No goalkeeper in the world is saving that. Um, and then, you know, comes out against a, a really strong Leicester team. Um, and yeah, he, he looked to be an absolute pain in the arse for them, to be honest. Um, you know, their defenders were scrambling all over him. Uh, he won a few free kicks here and there. Um, looks a real handful. Uh, and I, I really hope that continues. I've got him down as a, a 9 out of 10 rating as well. Obviously, my man of the match was 9.5, uh, so just a little bit under. Um, but his creative levels are just unreal. Um, and yeah, as you say, could well be the player of the season this year, um, which I really hope he is. Um, we'll go on to the uh, the goal scorers then, Toby. Neil Morpay with a, a fantastically confident penalty. When he stepped up to that, you know, w with the Neil Morpay of last season... It's still in my mind. I was thinking, oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> but what a penalty. Sent Kasper Schmeichel. Um, you know, Kasper Schmeichel tried to do everything he could to put him off. What did you make of it? Yeah. Um, when he stepped up to take the penalty, um, I was nervous. Uh, and I was only nervous because of 
Casper uh, Schmeichel. Um, thought Casper played like a rat the whole game. Uh, it's got to be said, I'm, I really don't like him. I really don't like the way he antagonizes the fans. Um, comes back to bite him on this occasion, but on yeah. many an occasion, it, it forces a reaction from the fans, which I uh, just, players like that have always wound me right up. Um, really glad he got his just desserts today. Um, lovely to see the reaction Sunday. on his face. Uh, Sunday, sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lovely to see the reaction on his face every time they had a goal disallowed. Um, yeah. But yeah, Borpe buried at home. Didn't let Schmeichel get inside his head like Schmeichel's inside mine. Casper's living rent-free inside my head. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, he buried it so confidently. Um I really thought it was going to be a, a poor penalty to the keeper's left or right that is like at the perfect height, uh, but no, he just he just smacked it with conviction and it, it went to the left side of the goal. Schmeichel dove right. Ah, oh, you just love to see these things. Uh, more pay for me. Uh, couldn't really do anything else. Didn't really um, didn't really get the chance to. I don't think uh, do anything else. So for me, yeah, he just stays on an eight point eight eight out of ten. Ah, perfect. Yeah, I mean, I think I've gone a little bit nicer to him uh, because he scored the goal, um, and because he's a new time dad like myself. I've got him as an eight point five. Um, I love to see him celebrate and point up to his family. Um, you know, I I I wonder how that feels. You know, I I know how it feels to be a dad now. Um, but I wonder how it feels to score a goal and dedicate it to your daughter. It just must be amazing. Um, and he continues to be, like we spoke about, I think, in the first podcast, he continues to be in that mind frame where you just look at him and he's like, this is a this is a hungry guy. This is a guy that's playing for his family. This is a guy that's in a completely uh, changed state of mind to what he was last season. He's oozing confidence. Um, he looks dangerous. Um, he's buried a penalty against arguably one of the best keepers in the league um, who's currently living rent-free uh, in Toby's head um, and yeah it, it's it's really great to see uh, so I've got him as an 8.5 Toby yeah yeah no I, I, I think um, scoring a goal always gives you that edge doesn't it uh, on the other players yeah. Um, but yeah, it came at a really important time of the game, I think, as well. Wasn't too um, too long before half time. Um, mm -hmm. Only about ten minutes away from half time, I think. So yeah. it came at a really important time when we really needed that extra boost of energy to see us into the half time. And then uh, obviously we know what happened after that. Uh, Graham yep. Potter must go get another and, and shove it to to Casper Schmeichel. Um, sorry, he, he's absolutely in my head, Red Free. Uh, <laughs> I'm afraid to say he, he's there and he's living oh. there. I um, hope you've made it comfy for him, mate. <laughs> yeah, got... he's gonna he's gonna be there a while, it seems. <laughs> uh, I mean, he he's been, he's already been there for about six, seven years from Championship days. So yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's done well to be honest. I don't know how he travels to Leicester and back every day, but. <laughs> Yeah, good man, good man. He's got to know the locals. That's the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll just talk about then uh, the last goal scorer, Danny Welbeck, um, with a peach of a header um, all the way across the goal, buried into the bottom left-hand corner. 
the North Stand were in absolute raptures, um, which was fantastic to see. There probably wasn't even a, a mobile phone in sight, which we, we love to see. There, there was for, for the penalty, um, me included. I am guilty of that, but I just needed to capture that on, on camera. Um, but yeah, the, the Danny Welbeck header, Toby, um, fantastic technique and, and showing that, you know, why he was um, a world-class player for Arsenal and, and Man United in England. Yeah, look, looked um, to be that young sensation, Danny Welbeck type header, you know what I mean? One of the ones where he's just come into the England team and just wants to just bury it. Um, yeah. Yeah, me and my granddad, the ball landed on our side of the goal as it hit the net. Uh, watching Schmeichel dive and miss it. <laughs> no, yeah, it was a really great header. Uh, I thought it was a really professional performance, actually, from him all round. Mm. Really showed his experience. I, I even said to uh, my granddad, you know, Welbeck was a player for us today. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously on Sunday, but I said this on Sunday. And I, I said, <laughs> yeah. I said, you know, we're so lucky to have Welbeck. And... I really regret when he joined. I really regret saying, "What are we going to do with him? He's he's old. He's washed up. He's, <laughs> he's injury prone. What are we going to do with him?" Really regret it now. It, the guy is a machine. You can tell he likes playing football again as well. I think yeah. it's it's come back to him that he wants to play. So yeah, buzzing Definitely. for him. Absolutely buzzing for him. Hundred percent. What have you got him rated? Sorry, yeah, I've got him rated as an eight out of ten as well. Um, yeah. I've got him as 8.5, so same as Neil Morpay. I, I felt like I had to give the goal scorers the same rating um, for for you know what they what they did for for the club on on that day. Um, you know the the old Danny Welbeck celebration came out as well with the the hands to the side. Um, Danny Welbeck of old playing for Arsenal United. It's it's amazing to see, and it's another um, Dan Ashworth masterclass in in recruitment. Oh yeah, um, it really is. Getting him in, getting getting Lalana in. It's just been fantastic. And if if we can keep that going, if we can keep getting these types of players through, um, who knows who we could see at the club in the future. Um, so yeah, really exciting stuff. Um, and those connections are, are fantastic. Um, and I really hope Danny Welbeck carries on um, at the level he is. Because uh, when I saw him in the starting lineup, I, I was a little bit gutted for McAllister, uh, especially for, for the performances he's put in off the bench uh, against Burnley and, and against Brentford. Um, but then Danny Welbeck's come out and proven exactly why he's starting. As we say, it's for the experience. He got us through some really tough moments before he come off on 70 minutes. Um, and you know to have him in the dressing room as well, fantastic. Um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Really one, one, one more thing to add on, Danny Welbeck. He he drew about a million fouls yesterday as well, just constantly mm. harassing Sunday. the Leicester def- uh, Sunday. Gosh, <laughs> I'm, I'm all over the place. Yeah, he drew about a million fouls. The Leicester players couldn't handle him. Um, constantly bringing him down on the edge of the box. We had a few chances from free kicks. A shame that to see that. None of them really went in. One of them, Basuma, right in front of us, absolutely lashed it. it hit Tielemans in the face, and Tielemans turned around to the north stand and just screamed at us as he, he was probably experiencing oh pure adrenaline at the pain in his face. But he looked—he looks like he loved it. To be fair, um, probably. But yeah, great block from the free kick. Um, but yeah, that was all due to Danny Welbeck just drawing fouls over and over and over again. 
there was me getting excited thinking that was a fucking penalty, by the way. When that foul was given, I was like buzzing because everyone around me was going nuts. Um, and the West Ham was celebrating. I was thinking, oh my God, we got another penalty. Um, and then when we were lining up for a free uh, free kick, I was like, why is there a wall in front of a penalty? Um, <laughs> and then, you know, very quickly realized that I got excited and taunted the Leicester fans for nothing. Um, so, yeah, great. Fantastic. Thanks, boys. Um, but yeah, we've come away with three points. Uh, incredible performance from, from goalkeeper to striker. Um and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll mention the uh, the three lads that came on off the bench as well. Um, Dan Byrne, Jacob Moda, Enoch, and Wepu. What did you make of their performances? Yeah, um, I thought Dan Byrne um, did what he had to. Look, yeah, looked solid. Didn't look like he'd just been injured. To be honest, just fit right in. Um, it's just one of those ones where you look at him and you're like, oh, he was injured. Do you bring him on? Do you not? But yeah, I, I was quite happy with that. Um, I can't, although I can't really give him any more than like a seven out of ten. Did what he had to do. I'm happy yeah. with that. Um, do you want me to do all three now, or do you want to? Yeah, yeah, go for all three. Uh, that you know, only substitute. So yeah, Moda as well. Um, probably came on a bit too late to to tell anything really. Uh, yeah. But it was solid, fits right in again. Classic, classic Albion, um, Albion substitute, really. Uh, yeah, I would give him a, a, probably a 6 out of 10. I, I can't go a little bit higher because he's got no baseline to work with. Um, yeah. Mwepu, a little bit disappointed with Mwepu. Thought there was a few occasions where he gave the ball away lackadaisical. Um, yeah. And it was a bit of a shame. But he didn't. He didn't um, cost us dearly. Uh, yeah, it is what it is, I think. And um, I just have to give him a 6 out of 10. Just came on and did what he did. Yeah, um, to be honest, I, I completely agree with you. That's exactly what I've got. Um, Dan Byrne, really happy to see him back. I think he was isolating due to COVID, was he? Or was it an injury? I thought he had a cast on his leg. I thought he had a... Oh, okay. Fair enough, yeah. Um, that's something I, I wasn't aware of but yeah really good to see him come back um, done his job as we say um, yeah 7 out of 10 for him uh, Moda only on for 15 minutes or so so can't really give him a higher rating than a 6 maybe a 6.5 at a push um, thought he did his job really well um, and I, I've got to echo what you're saying about Mwepu. I thought there were a few times where he could have uh, passed it um, through and we could have been away uh, and counter-attacking, but misplaces the pass or had maybe a few chances for, for some clearances that didn't quite um, go where he wanted them to and put us under pressure again. Um, would have liked to see a little bit more of a solid um, performance from him. Um but, you know, we've got a cup game coming up tomorrow. So maybe he gets a start against there and gets a bit more football under his belt and adjusts to English football that little bit more. Um, I feel like he's um, still in that transition period. Um, so I'm not going to be overly harsh on him, but um felt like he, he could have done better there. I've got him down as a six as well. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, uh, I'd say promising signs, um, but... Yeah, it needs to do better if you're coming on as an impact sub like that. Uh, but yeah, promising signs are there. But overall, just, just think about the game and the spectacle. What a game. What what a day. Uh, go down as one of those Albion 
history moments. Um, yeah, for reminds sure. me of the Sheffield Wednesday 2-1 game. Um, yes. So, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted with that. For sure. Um, really good performance. Um, solid throughout. We were under the cosh and we've shown that we can we can take that pressure. Um, I, I said it um, to a few of my mates after the game. I said about the Brentford game. I said last season we would have lost that 100%. Um, and I said about this game, we would have gone on to lose that all day long. Um, maybe a little bit of luck with some of the decisions, uh, but we'll get onto that in a second. Uh, but yeah, fantastic performance. Um, fantastic start to the season. Um, and, you know, based on what we've seen so far, Toby, how far can we go? Yeah, um, you're basing it on what we've seen so far, yeah. then you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to not say that we could get Champions <laughs> League football. Um, yeah, we've, we've been playing fantastically. Um, not many teams can go toe-to-toe with us on the pitch. Uh, and I'd say out of any team in this league, we probably have one of the more entertaining play styles. Um but yeah, it's 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 hard to say, isn't it? Because you don't want to overestimate your team and, and then look end up yeah. with a pie on your face. But well, exactly. I I, w- I want to say that we'll finish top ten this year as our first one in the top ten, and I, I don't want to be pessimistic and say, well, we're definitely avoiding relegation. Um, but I think at this point, I read somewhere that out of all the teams in history that have this many points by this time, we've got about a 94% chance of staying up now. Um, Wonderful. But yeah, I'd I'd be quite happy to say that we're staying up this year and I'll be happy with that and leave it there. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I said um, to my foster sister who comes to the game with me, uh, we were talking about league position. I said, as long as we stay up, as long as we finish above Palace, I don't care. We can finish 13th, 14th, as long as we're above them, whatever. Um, But obviously looking at the start of the season and looking ahead um, and looking at especially how other teams are playing as well, I really think we could be top 10, um, even pushing maybe, 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 maybe. And I know people are going to say that I'm getting ahead of myself. I know people are saying, you know, we we haven't really seen the, the full potential yet. I really, really do think that we could maybe quite possibly push for even the Europe Europa Conference League um, European, European uh, tournament, um, which would still be a fantastic achievement, even if we get into that. I know people sort of joke about it. Um, I know Tottenham got in there and uh, you know, they won't even win that. Ha, ha, ha. But even if we get into that, Toby, would, would that be, you know? Yeah, I'd take it. You know, I'd take it. Yeah. Um I think that we're probably good enough for it at this point. I don't think there's many teams in the Prem that aren't good enough for the Conference League. I think that yeah. other leagues are pretty atrocious. Um, Spurs, are, Spurs still struggling. It they only drew two all against Wren. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I... Spurs though, isn't it? It's Spursy a bit, really. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I'd be confident in saying that. And I mean, I said it a few weeks ago, we're the most progressive club in the Premier League. Whether you like it or not, that's a yeah. fact. That's not an opinion, it's a fact. And um, <laughs> I know it really winds people up because um, there's a lot of people where I'm from that 
maybe started supporting Brighton after their period of success. Mm. Um, and it's always looked down on negatively to support your local team in my area. And and I hate yeah. that. I hate that because when a club is winning, they are going to gain fans. That's how clubs gain fans, by winning. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we're, we're by far the most progressive club um, in the country, in my opinion, uh, investing in the training centre, uh, investing in the squad, the stadium, the local community. Um, no one does it better than us, I don't think, at the moment. Um, Worth pointing out the women's team as well, how much money we've invested in that. I don't think any team tops how much investment we've put in that. Maybe Arsenal, maybe Chelsea. Um, but yeah, that is like top level. Uh, and you, you're even seeing that in the performances from the women's team as well. You know, I know they've only played two games in their league, but top of the league um, is, is an incredible achievement. Um, they've got maximum points, um, six, six out of six. Um, and that they could go on to have an incredible season and maybe even qualify for the Women's Champions League. Um, so we, we've got an incredible development squad we've got an incredible women's team and the men's team seem to be following suit so far this season um and if we can have all of those teams in the top halves of their leagues i could even see the the under 23s team maybe even coming third uh in, yeah. in the uh, premier league two um then as you say toby it is a fact we are the most progressive club in the whole country um, and I don't think anyone can really argue with that. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think any club has um, the consistent positions that we have across all of our leagues. As you say, the under-23s, the under-18s, every one of our teams do well every year. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely a fact. Um, really, really happy with that. Um, yeah. And because of that, I think we'll go on to do great things in the men's team. I think you'll find uh, the new way of progressing is to invest in your other teams, to gain fans through investing in women's youth uh, and, and your local community, gain fans by winning. Tony Bloom's done really well this summer, I think, mm -hmm. with transfers, um, selling Ben White, making money as well, yeah. um, especially after COVID. I think we needed that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, really happy with where we're going and I wouldn't say it would be hard push to see us finish in the Europe spots in the next five years. If it comes this season, it's just what we would have done anyway, but earlier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and Graham Potter has had that time to make his squad. He's got his players now. I think there's maybe three or four left from the Hutton era. Um, let me just think. So Pascal Gross, Lewis Dunk, Solly March... Shane Duffy. Am I missing anyone? Do we have Bissouma? So, yeah, maybe five or six from the Hutton era. So, you know, P Potter has brought in the players that he wants. He's obviously had a lot of um, communication with, with Dan Ashworth. Um, I know that Graham Potter fobs off that he's involved with transfer dealings, um, but he's definitely obviously telling them what sort of football he wants to play in order for the recruitment team to go, okay, so this is the player we need to target. Um, and, you know, look at how many players we have out on loan as well. Um, you know, Brighton and Lone Albion, we've got maybe, what, 15, 
15 to 20 players out on loan, which is yeah. just nuts. Um, I so saw they someone come on Twitter put together a loan 11, and even that yeah. looks like it could go and win the championship. You know what I mean? 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. Um, and that's just such a fantastic thing for us to to be seeing because you know t- tell me at any point in our history when we've had that before i don't think you could find that at all um so yeah incredible progression um and uh, really positive stuff um toby i just want to touch on a, a few neg not negative because they worked in our favor but the, the world of football seems to be fuming with us those two decisions for the offside goals, first of all, are they the correct decisions? Both are the correct decisions. Whether you like it or not, Gary Lineker, the referee <laughs> has got it spot on. The linesman, should I say, has got it spot on. Called it on the pitch. It was an on-the-pitch decision. Um, mm. It wasn't a VAR decision. It, it, was, no. it was all based on what the on-pitch assistant referee called. Um, I've got to say to you, absolutely the correct decision. Absolutely, like I said earlier, a Graham Potter mastermind on it as well. Um, So early on in the game, Robert Sanchez came out and collected a corner and and rinsed Leicester. There was nothing they could do about that corner collection. And Brendan Rodgers was like, well, I can't can't deal with no um, no set pieces. But he made the change to put Harvey Barnes on the goalkeeper. Graham Potter mm-hmm. reacted by making the change to not have anyone on the near or far post so that he would be offside. Barnes was constantly wrestling with Sanchez at every um, free kick, goal kick, uh, free kick, corner kick, or anything. He was constantly wrestling with him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely the correct decision for me. Whether or not he stands off just before the corner's taken, uh, I think it's still. You're still messing with the, the goalkeeper, which you just can't do. You cannot do that in football. And I know I'm biased. I'm probably seeing with my blue and white tinted glasses. But yeah, you, you just you just can't get away with that. And I'm glad that the referee stamping down on it because otherwise you'd yeah. set the precedent uh, for the rest of the uh, rest of the season. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I was going to say to you. Like, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I completely agree with you. I think they're both the absolute correct decisions. But if that happens against us, what what are your thoughts on it? So try and reverse that um, situation. What would you say? I'd be disappointed with the second one because I think it can go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what I'd be more fuming with than both of the disallowed goals. The, the penalty, um, yeah. and, and even with my blue and white tinted glasses, I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, how have they not got a free kick there? Morpay's grabbing Vestergaard's <laughs> arm. I know Vestergaard's flailing it like a like a crybaby, but, and you shouldn't do that. If he kept his arms down, they'd probably get a free kick, even if we score the resulting header, they'd probably yeah. get a free kick. Um, the way I look at it is when Burnley tackled Morpay in the box, um, I think it was Tarkovsky just pushed more pain yeah. in the box and then he still gets the goal. I, mm. I'd be fuming that we've got a penalty out of that if I was a Leicester fan. Uh, how how they've not been given a foul, I don't know. And yes, it's benefited us and we're finally cashing in a little bit of luck. Um, but for me, the penalty decision is the controversial one and not the disallowed goals. Spot on. Yeah, that's what exactly what I would say. Um, but Vestergaard should maybe know better than to flail his arms around like that as a centre-back. Um, 
you know, may, maybe this is a silly argument, but I think back to the decisions that went against us last season and say maybe it is time that we do get some luck. I, I think back especially to the Southampton penalty, which was outside of the box. Um, I think even Vestergaard was in that team. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, he, he should know better than to flare his arms around like that. Yes, maybe it was a little bit of a foul, but yeah, the luck's gone our way. Sorry about that, Leicester. I'm sure, I'm sure you've got decisions that have gone for you and you've been happy. I point out the uh, Ben Chilwell goal in the FA Cup final. Um, I'm sure you weren't moaning about VAR then, were you? So let's be real. VAR can work in your favour. You can love it. And then the next week it does something against you and you hate it again. Um, so, you know. Yeah, I, I still don't well, think really VAR's to blame for anything yesterday. I think most decisions were made Sunday. by the on... Sunday. Uh, I think most decisions <laughs> were made by the on-field um on-field referees. Uh, yeah. Even, I think, the penalty, the referee went to speak to the linesman and everyone near us was like, just just look at the box, don't speak to the linesman. No, I think it's absolutely mm-hmm. right that they, the referees have a, enough trust to just speak to each other first. And if they yeah. still can't come to a conclusion, then they can go to the box. But it looks like they came to a conclusion, VAR checked it, agreed with them, and that was it, um, a penalty for the handball. Um, yeah, and but, this is the change that they've implemented over the close season, wasn't it? That referees were going to have a little bit more power because you know VAR was taken over a bit last season. Um, I think every club in the Premier League can say that every club in the Premier League had at least one or two controversial decisions go against them. Us, maybe about eight or six. You know, I I, I think back to the. The Man United one, uh, when the full-time whistle were blown, um, and we lose the game. Like, how does that happen? When we've scored, we've scored a goal in the last minute, but then we lose the game after the full-time whistle. It's just ridiculous. Um, and yeah, the the referees have had that power um, given back to them a little bit. VAR is trusting them. You know, at the end of the day, if VAR wasn't there, we we would have to trust that they've made the right decision, and then match of the day would analyse it. And, and tell you that it was crap. Um, but, you know, this is the point of VAR, is to be there to intervene when the referees have made a clear and obvious error. I don't think any of them were clear and obvious, um, especially with how fast the game moves. Leicester fans could argue that that's why VAR's there, to, to look at Marpe hanging off a of Vestergaard's arm. Um, but at the end of the day, the decision had been made on the field, VARs agreed with them, and that that's that. We've had to get over plenty of um, VAR decisions against us, so that's the way of football these days. And, and unfortunately, people are just going to have to get used to it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think um, there's no cause for a big outburst or petition to charge the referees with something. I thought it was what it was, and. Like you get what you get, and and that's it, and that's and you've yeah. got to be happy with it. And I don't think it was anything overly controversial. I think it could have gone either way on the day, and if it had gone either way, I would have been happy with it either way. And I'll be honest with you, if the goal was disallowed, I probably wouldn't have uh, complained. I probably would have said, mm-hmm. you know what, like fair enough. I think that yeah. Sanchez was 
distracting himself with bonds. I think he didn't Possibly. have to get distracted as much as he did. Um, but yeah, it, it's gone the way but it's then gone. May- maybe he's done that a little bit tactically to say to VAR or the referee or the linesman that, oh, look, he's standing in an offside position at least a metre away from me, especially for the second one where he's handling Sanchez. Um, that's clearly a distraction in my eyes. Um and the the goal's gone in and it's been disallowed. So, yeah, I, I think you can look at it both ways. If it happens against us, you maybe think it's unfair. Happens for us, we can say, okay, yeah, fair enough. Right yeah, I, I do think you're right there. Um, like, yeah. It, but for me, it's it's just one of those ones that's not even worth talking yeah. about right no, now. It, it, it's it's it over is, now. It is what it is. And I, I wouldn't want to set the precedent that goalkeepers can start just forgetting no. about going for the corner because they've got someone mm. near them. Um, I would like to start seeing, you know, people still play despite what's yeah, happening yeah, to sure. them. Uh, but yeah, yeah, because the, the, at the end of the day, if Sanchez moves, right, to to where Harvey Barnes is standing, if he attempts to make the save, I, I even still think that that's given offside by Barnes because Sanchez is then going to move. So Barnes is even more in his eyesight when he's going towards the ball. Um, so, yeah, I completely agree with you that keepers just have to deal with whatever's in front of them. Um, and if a player is standing there um, stupidly in an offside position, then they're going to get penalised for it at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. But for me, no more to say on the on the topic. I think no, um, no, they're exactly. fa- fairly concrete that it, it's not even worth your time. You know what I mean? I've seen, <laughs> I've seen may, way worse refereeing decisions, Chelsea versus Barcelona, that sort of thing. This yep. one isn't worth your time, Gary Lineker. Grow up. No, <laughs> exactly. We'll leave it at that. Fair play. Um, I just want to touch on something that happened. I'm not sure how much I can say on it because I think it's quite a serious matter now um, and clubs are involved. Um, something that happened after the game and during um, it was a homophobic remark made towards myself by I'm not going to say a Leicester fan because he's not he's not a football fan he was an individual in the away end who made a homophobic remark towards myself um, you know I, I'm, I'm not homosexual but I have a lot of respect for the LGBTQ plus community um, and there, there could well have been um, someone from that community around me and would have seen that remark. There is no place for it. You are not a football fan. You are not welcome back at the Amex. And you should be well and truly ashamed of yourself. Homophobia holds no place in football. Discrimination holds no place in football. And you should be well and truly ashamed of your remarks and your friends who are egging you on, you should be ashamed that you associate yourself with someone who can act that way. That's all I'll say on that. Yeah. I just um, wanted to put that out there. And I would echo exactly what you said. A uh, grim, grim uh, display of uh, of uh, a certain individual's behaviour. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a, shame, sure. it's a shame that uh, going to the football game feels like a safe haven for them to do that sort of thing. It is yep. not, because we wear different colours to you, you and your team. Uh, it is not. And I'm sure your team would agree that this has no place in football. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're absolutely spot on with your remarks. And, um, 
and yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up because it is something we need to remind everyone that there is still no place for discrimination. There is no place for hate anywhere in our game or anywhere in this world. Exactly, spot on. Um, and I will provide updates because I do have a meeting with the football club tomorrow. If I can say any more on it, I will. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out and um, make make a stand um, and and tell anyone listening that if you if you think of saying anything, just you know, refrain from it and and keep it in your sick mind um, and and move on. Um, but yeah. Toby, we've got another game tomorrow. We'll keep this happy momentum going. We'll keep this winning these winning ways going. Swansea City in the EFL Cup. The return of Jurgen Lacardia. No, uh, Tarek Lamptey. <laughs> Are you excited to see him back in the blue and white? Yeah, absolutely buzzing. Uh, I think it's been confirmed that Lacardia is playing as well. So he is. Two returns. Um, to be honest, I am. I am. A little bit excited for Lucardia to to play, um, because you know if he scores, it'll shut a few people up, including myself. You know, I've I, I guarantee I've said something against Jurgen uh, on Twitter, um. So yeah, if he proves me wrong, carry on, Jurgen. <laughs> we, we love it. Um, did you see his um caption on Twitter the other day where it was like blessed? I think it was blessed to be back in the blue and white. I did, um, yeah. He, he certainly I, I majorly respect that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's certainly pandering to the fans. Um, he's working overtime at the moment to try and gain our respect back. And I think Graham Potter's told him, you, you gain our respect back uh, and I'll, I'll give you a chance. And he's got his chance. Let's see what he can do. He's not a bad player. We've said this before on the podcast or on the live stream. Jürgen's not a bad player. I don't think that it's the sort of thing that he's going to stay down and out forever. Uh, he was a good player before he came to the Albion, and I think he has shown glimpses of a good player while at the Albion. So let's yeah. let's see what he can do. I'm really excited to see um, against a, a good a good um, opposition. You know, uh, I know that they're not doing too well in the league at the moment, but of recent years they've not been terrible. You know, they produced players like Dan James when Graham Potter was in charge. So. Yeah. Really excited to see. I do think that they'll fancy it uh, the same way that I think that we're probably not going to fancy it as much. Although having said that, our reserve players will fancy just doing well in whatever competition they can. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing um, Moda, I think, start. I think he will. Um, Lamptey, Lacardia. McAllister, maybe. McAllister, yeah, I'd be really intrigued. He didn't get a start on the weekend, so I'd be intrigued to see if he gets a start now. Bearing in mind that a few of our first team players might get a game because our next game isn't until Monday. Um yeah, so exactly. there's quite a big uh, quite a big gap in between. But yeah I would really I would really like to see us take this game seriously and start a few of our first team players, to be honest. Um and, and get a, a good maybe three, four nil win. Um because, you know, the momentum and, and the winning ways does wonders um, for us. You know, if, if we go out to a, a Swansea side um, with with our reserve team out and the, the mood then dampens a little bit, um, then I feel like that might be a little bit detrimental for us progressing in the league as well. Yeah, no, I would I, like to see. I, not only that, but I think this is a really winnable competition. Um, yeah. and, and even if it is a, a bit of a Mickey Mouse trophy... 
wouldn't you just love to see Brighton lift a trophy, um, a major trophy against major teams? A I honestly, team... sorry, I, I honestly don't care about what people think of this trophy. It is a major trophy in England. You know, it's included in the 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 holy grail of the quadruple um, of the you know if if you win the Champions League, the Premier League, FA Cup, and and League Cup. No one's, I don't think anyone's done that before. Correct me if I'm wrong, Toby. Um, but it is a major competition. And if Brighton go on to win that, um, then uh, we're, we're buzzing. We're, we're going out on a fucking trophy celebration down on Brighton Beach. Um, so, yeah, if, if if we do have the opportunity to, to progress and even get to the final or semi-final, it can be done. Um, and it would be really exciting times. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility either because I do think there are teams that don't take this trophy seriously. So if we decided to turn up, we could be looking at a really exciting um, uh, cup run here for the Albion. So, yeah, no, I think it, we need to get through this. I think our second team is strong enough to get through it anyway. Um, and then see where we go from there. It gives players to show their, the chance to show their form and gives players a chance to go and make themselves heroes. Definitely. Um, I'm not going to go through every position, Toby, but I just want to throw this one out there. Um, Sherpen or Steele in goal tomorrow? I'd like to see Sherpen because I don't think he's paid for us yet, has he? No, um, he hasn't. And the guy is literally massive. He's taller than Dan Byrne, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, he so, is. So, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> and I'd like to see it... Um, Although what I think will happen will be still, and yeah, that's only because he has sort of been a bit of a servant to us since he moved, and we all thought he was just going to be a terrible, you know, backup, absolute last ditch resort uh, backup goalkeeper. But he actually came into the cup games last season or or, or the season before and yeah. looked really really fantastic. Um, I remember him saving a couple penalties. You know, he, yeah. he looked really good, and I think he deserves playing time. At the same time, I don't want Sherpen to just feel like he's made the wrong decision moving here. And I'd like yeah. him, I'd like to see him, because you never know, he might look really good. And then if we do end up selling Sanchez for £50 million, like I said, then we've got a perfect replacement. So, yeah, I would, I would, yeah. Li- I would like to see Sherpen, to be honest. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the, the old Dutch goalkeepers, they've got a good reputation. Uh, as well so um would like to see uh what he can do for sure um but as you say still has been a fantastic professional for us um and might be a little bit unfair if we if we see him dropped he started against cardiff am i right yes yeah still yeah there. so maybe a bit unfair if, he, if he's dropped um from from the next round uh, maybe if he if he puts in a little bit of a howler and we still come away with a win somehow then maybe see sherpen in the next round or in the FA Cup um, when that starts. But, um, yeah, really interesting to see what happens there. Um, what were your predictions? Um, Brighton versus Swansea. I'm going to go Brighton 3, Swansea nil. Yeah, I would go Brighton 4, Swansea 1. I'm going to go score. for a defender-headed goal. Uh, I'm going to go for a penalty. And I'm going to go for an open play goal from Jurgen Lacardia. Or maybe a Hayden Roberts goal. That would be nice. That would be. That would be. <laughs> it would be really good for him as well. And shall um, we and quickly, yeah. before we leave, touch on the 
big one as well because we won't have a time to do another segment before that. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. Brighton versus Palace at Sellers Park. Are you nervous, Toby? Because <laughs> uh, I am. You know, I've been more nervous um, in the past, actually. Um, I think with the former on this season, they're going to be more nervous and scared than we are. And just mm. the thought of Palace fans running scared just really makes me happy. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this one, mate. Uh, we're going to try and find a way of doing it in person. Yeah, mind bringing your microphone, maybe a laptop or something, or maybe my laptop or my other computer, and we'll try and yep. both be on the uh, on the recording at the same time. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If I had to make a prediction, who won, Brian? Oh, I would love to see that. I would love to see it, but I think it's gonna be. Uh, what do I go for? My my heart is obviously saying a Brighton win, but my head's Toby because it's the first Albion Palace derby back with fans after COVID. Their fans are going to be well up for it, um, and we all know what Sellers Park can be like when it's going. Um, I will give them credit for that because the atmosphere can be top notch there. Um, that actually hurt me to say. Did you hear that in my voice? <laughs> yeah, I did actually. <laughs> My head is saying, oh, "What do I go?" See, it's saying two things. I'm either saying a one-all draw or a one-nil win to Palace. Um, and I hate to be pessimistic, but yeah. Um, but yeah, as I say, my heart is saying a Brighton win. So I'm going to follow my heart here and say 1-0 Brighton. There you go. I've oh, gone out on a win. I thought you were about to predict <laughs> a Palace win there. I was about to leave my no, head, I'm going, head set I'm on going the table. With my heart. <laughs> I'm going with my heart. My heart is blue and white, Toby. <laughs> I was about to leave my head set on the table, walk away from this microphone and never, ever come back. <laughs> <laughs> never talk to me ever again. Um, no, my, my, yeah, my, my heart is saying 2-1. Did I say two one one nil? I'll one be nil. Um, so yeah, we'll go with that. Um, a, a nice nil more pay penalty in the ninetieth minute. How does yeah. that sound? Yeah, that sounds absolutely unreal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll I wish, it, I wish we'll you were this opti- optimistic before. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but yeah, my with, with Brighton Palace games, my head's all over the place, mate. It really is because um, I'm thinking of how much I want to beat them, how much I want Zaha to shut the um, you went through just, in your head then <laughs> he, oh my god that man every time he comes on the TV I'm swearing at it um, but yeah he is well and truly rent free in my head um, and I'm sure Palace fans are going to jump onto this and, and clip it and send it to me every time he scores against us um, but yeah that that man I I don't think I despise a footballer any more than him yeah I've got um, I've got to admit it he's, he's rent free in my head the man <laughs> needs to be stopped um, oh, he's na- neighbours with Schmeichel, is he? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're, they're oh. in the same room. They're they're bunking <laughs> together. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Uh, oh, yeah, Wil- Wil- Wilfred and Wilfred and Casper. That sounds like a TV show. That. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I think um, the the thing that I'd hate to say even more is any team would love to have a player like him playing at his hundred percent. 
Uh, we just yeah. need to hope to get him on a day where he's not a hundred percent. But we all know he's always up he for always, a game against us. He always turns up. He always talks a talk before the game as well. Um, he's always. I think once you, he said, "Oh, they just need to go back to where they came from." You know what I'd love like, to well, see? I'd love to see Brighton fans not give him shit um, and then watch as he doesn't <laughs> score <laughs> because I think that yeah. we give him more energy than the, even the Palace fans do. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I I heard a story about our first um, game in in the Premier League against them. I think a pie was thrown at him, um, <laughs> which is quite hilarious. Um, and then obviously the uh, the Ezekiel Shiloto crying in his face was rather amusing. Um, so yeah, we we've we've Shiloto got a little bit on him. Um, yeah, hundred um, percent. I think even Tanganga's an Albion legend now. He's not even played one game for the club, but he, <laughs> I, I'm going to put him down as an Albion legend. He done what we would all want to do, and that's uh, sort of get a little bit. Um, yeah. A little bit up in Zaha's face and tell him that, you know, I, w- I won't repeat the words that I think Tanganga said, but yeah. <laughs> um, that's uh, that's the Wilfred Zaha segment, everyone. Um, glad glad uh, you- you've joined us for that. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll come to you next week with another player that lives in our heads rent free. Yeah, just, um, just let us know if, uh, if they're in your head as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Um, but uh, did, I don't know if you saw it because you would have been at the other end of the ground just touching on Kasper Schmeichel again. I'm sorry to bring him up, Toby. Um, I, I know your relationship with him. Um, <laughs> but did you see him punch Lalana in the face? No, I didn't, actually. So he gathered the ball. I think it was from a cross. Lalana sort of come in to pressure him. So Schmeichel's got the ball in his hands and he sort of just hoofs the ball towards Lalana's face. But Lalana just walks away from it. Like, why has he not gone down? I know that's maybe credit to how much of a professional Lalana is. Um, But he's just taken it. He's just taken it to the face and walked away. Um, If that was Neil Morpay or something, geez, he would have a right fight on his hands. But, yeah, um, just thought I'd mention that as well whilst we're on the topic. Yeah, yeah. No. (laughs) Well, it's been a good episode, mate. Um, I'm not really sure... I'm not really sure what else we can say ahead of um, ahead of those two games, other than come watch the live stream. Hundred percent, come and join us, everyone. Um, especially, well, obviously, we're not going to do one against Swansea because I'm actually going to be there. Um, but yeah, the one against Palace, come join us. Come get involved in the chat. Um, yeah, come and I'm sure it's going to be a, a lovely historic day for a, a Brighton win, three points. Uh, we'll come back to Brighton, all smiling, uh, all happy, um, and then go on to beat Arsenal. Um, no, we've got Norwich after them, sorry, and then Arsenal. So, yeah, let's do it, boys. Let's go. Perfect. Yeah, nice one, Toby. I'll chat to you soon, buddy. Um, and everyone out there, take care, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>